When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, leading off with True Blue LA, Friday, June 24th. Uh, This is Eric Steven, and for the first time on this format, I have a guest. It is a guest you are well aware of, uh, one of your favorite segments of our podcast, our weekly podcast, uh, The Lineup. Uh, It's Questions with Craig, and we have Craig Minami here today. Uh, Craig, how are you? I'm great. Uh, Thanks for having me on today, Eric. Yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, uh, we're Jacob and I didn't uh, aren't recording this week uh, on the weekly podcast, so uh, we decided we'll, we we can't deprive the people of questions from Craig. So we have to have uh, we have to have the the uh, at some on some level this week. So we're we're doing that uh, heading into the weekend. But first, before we do that, um, the Dodgers played a game on Thursday. Um, they swept the Cincinnati Reds, not only in the series, but in the se- on the season. They won all seven games against them. They were, I don't know, we've talked, like it seemed like the last three and a half weeks or four weeks about how the Dodgers' offense was slumping. And, again, like the Reds right now have the worst record in the National League. But um, they, the Dodgers sure seem to find a way to hit against them and, like, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, if you want, but like they weren't, you know, I, I think they'll take what they can get at this point, like given how the, the production has gone and then factor in that Mookie Betts is hurt. Uh, Edwin Rios has been hurt for a little while. He's going to be out for longer than expected, I think, um, given the news earlier this week. So anything they could sort of get uh, is a good sign. Um, 
I don't know, it, but uh, it seemed pretty good. Were you able to watch? Uh, I know the we had a nine thirty start on Thursday. Were you able to watch at all? Um, that or I've, did seen, it, I've it, seen it, some highlights. I've seen some highlights by now. So yeah, I, I I think I've still missed one one or two of the home runs. I don't. I did not have not seen the clip of Will Smith. I think hit a home run late. Oh yeah. Um, but I just see. Um, uh, Freddie Freeman seemed to just, you know, again, seems to be just swinging the bat really well and, hit, and just really just, you know, just hit a no doubter. Um, but it was nice to see Max Muncy have a good game. I think, yeah, exactly. Like uh, Muncy had, uh, I think John Wiseman um, tweeted this out yesterday. And uh, and I was, I guess I was aware of it, but not, it, it made me like do a double take because I didn't think about it. But since that first game back when he had the, you know, the intentional walk and then the three run homer, uh, he hadn't had an extra base hit since then, and that was two weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, to see him, like, I think you mentioned the Will Smith home run, then, like, Trace Thompson added one later. It seemed like every home run was, like, tape measure style uh, home run. Like, I don't know, that's the ballpark. If uh, three of, I know th- the first three were off Hunter Green, who has, like, amazing stuff, but is still sort of figuring it out as a rookie, and his fastball seems very straight. So if you do hit it, it's going to go a long way, and that seemed to be be the case uh, today. Um, but yeah, they they were no doubters, none all those home runs. But yeah, uh, they're they're doing pretty well. Uh, so we're going to do like the normal questions from Craig today. Um, but before uh, I want to ask you, this is it's not it's not a trivia question per se, but I, I'm including you in our in our season contest. Um, I want you to make a prediction. So today, um, <clears throat> I had not realized how many doubles Justin Turner had. Um, he had two doubles uh, on Thursday, giving him 20 on the season. Um, Freddie Freeman has 23. Uh, Chris Taylor, uh, who's been sort of a doubles machine this month uh, and of late, has 18. Trey Turner also doubled on Thursday. He has 16. So all, all four of those guys are on pace for – um, you know, I would say at least 35 doubles, if not 40 or 50 in the, on the upper end there. Then you have Mookie Betts, who again, currently on the injury list, 13 doubles, Cody Bellinger at 13. Those two are also on pace for over 30. So my, my question to you for the contest first, um, is the, so the Dodgers record for, uh, players with 35 doubles in a season uh, is four. I mean, or the LA Dodger record is four. The Brooklyn Dodger record is five. Uh, the latter set in 1932. But I, I'm I'm only going to say, do you think they're going to get four? So do you, do you think they'll get, they're going to have four players with 35 doubles? And then taking it one step um, further. Oh, I I I had this wrong. Excuse me. Uh, so I the this is okay. Um, let's step back here. Uh, 35 doubles. It, the record is actually just four, and they did it in 2014. They've, they've never done it in Brooklyn. Uh, four players with 35 doubles. So, A, do you think the Dodgers will equal or match that this – or equal or better that this year? Or And do you think they will get um, – they will set – tie or set the record for most players with 30 doubles? The, the, the first record I mentioned was actually the 30-double record. I was looking at the wrong list. That 1932 Brooklyn team had five players with 30 doubles. They've done uh, four players with 30 doubles five other times. So they have six players currently on pace for 30 doubles, 
four on pace for 35 plus. So I guess both questions to you are, do you, do you think they're going to have at least five players with 30 doubles and or four players with 35 doubles? I'm going to say yes on the 30 and no on the 35. Okay. I, I just realized I, I couldn't have asked that in a more confusing way. So you did, you, you did well just for navigating that. Um, so yeah, uh, okay. I will I will add that to our our list uh, of bets that I sometimes forget to go back and track. We've already had some uh, bets from based on earlier questions from you that have been settled. Like just the other day, um, Eddie Alvarez uh, bunted, and we we had a a question um, a, a ongoing bet about who would get the Dodgers first sacrifice. Uh, Jacob, neither Jacob nor I picked the right person. Um, Jacob did get a win because I said the sacrifice would be an extra innings, the first one, and he said it wouldn't be, and it wasn't. So, like, he wins that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just one quick note about the series. You know, again, it's against the Reds, and the Dodgers did score, I think, what, 20, 26 runs or something in yep. the series? Uh, they did. They they did do Dave Roberts proud. They did find ways to score without waiting around. They moved guys around. They had some sacrifice flies. They yeah. had some guys move around some ground balls. Um, it's you know, it's it's something. I'm sure. I'm sure he was pleased about that. Um, yeah. No. No question. And then also, um, you know, like you said, the 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 sacrifice flies are sort of funny. Like because it's not it's not it's not necessarily like the sign of a functioning offense because you really just you know, you're making it out or whatever. But it was funny like how long they had gone without really getting uh, many sacrifice flies. They, they had a long stretch without one. They had one last week, and then they had five in this series. Uh, but I, I view it more it, – it's still sort of viewed in the lens of the how bad they've been with extra innings. Like, so to me, it's more of a proof-of-life moment. Like, oh, they can do this. This is, this is good. Yeah, there was even, a, yeah. yeah. There were those games, get, I think, particularly against the Giants that weekend, where they had all those guys in scoring position and less than two out, and they just couldn't, you know, put, yeah. put, the, ball, put the ball in play, let alone hit the sacrifice fly. But, but yeah. it, it's it's also funny, like because they they had all the sacrifice flies, but then they augmented it with like all the hits too. So it's right. like it made for some. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the old, was, complete, old complete. They just they, they do everything all in these games, right? Just it's just just. Huh. Everything goes well for them when they. I was uh, I was secretly mad that the Dodgers didn't stop at eight runs today because I made well I, I guess I'm not mad because I got the tweet out and but I I was going to make a joke during in the recap about how the series was toll free because they scored eight eight and eight it was just a stupid joke but then um, yeah I don't know but I also got to because as they incrementally got to ten um, I did get to make. Uh, say what a way to make a living for nine to five. So I guess like, I got the best of both worlds in that. Okay, so, yeah. One last thing is like, I'm sure, you know, we'll see a picture of this. Uh, the shot of Dave Roberts as Phil Bickford is giving up runs in the, in the oh, oh, you know what? I, I have to go back and look because I, I was like in the, the stage of, I was writing a bunch and like, you know, not, not paying attention, but like not, intently i was you know trying to write but then and then like when tommy Pham like hit the three-run homer i was like oh this is only a three-run game now uh so i guess i didn't i didn't see that but i will go back and, and look for it because i'm sure it was pretty funny yeah yeah well 
not funny to, to, to Dave right. Roberts. But not, it was <laughs> funny in hindsight. To, yeah, to Roberts, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So without further ado, um, we are going to uh, get to uh, questions from Craig, but we're going to take a little break first, and we will be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. And, you know, the reason we're here, you all know it. Uh, it's time for... Everyone's favorite segment. It is time for questions from Craig. Questions from Craig. We love them. Okay, it's uh, questions from Craig, and usually this is the part where you know uh, I have to give my hat tip to Jacob because he does a great job teeing these up, and he's usually asking me these things, but now. You are going to directly be asking me these things this week for this. Um, so, Craig, I will cede the floor to you. Um, feel free to start asking your questions. Thanks, Eric. So, yeah, it's great to uh, get a chance to be to ask the questions myself this week. Um, so let's go back. We're, of course, in June. And I know this is something you like to call back on. One of your favorite stats is Pedro Gros' great June of 1985, uh, where he just did all these great things. So we're going to, a lot of these questions are going to be circling around that month and, and, and other Dodgers who have, who have not done as well as Pedro, but close mm-hmm. in June. So the first one deals with um, Pedro Grill set a record, um, 1.297 OPS uh, for uh, in June. Uh, it's LA Dodger record when minimum 100 plate appearances. And um, can, can you name, there are seven other Dodgers who had a, at least a 1.1 OPS with 100 uh Plus, my um, since June. Um, can you name? Can you name them? In the hint, they all did it after Guerrero. So these are all post nineteen eighty five Dodgers. And this is all in June. This is all in June, right? We're just talking <clears throat> about the split in June. Okay, so you have a bunch of guys with an eleven hundred OPS in June. Okay, um, so I'm just I don't remember like sometimes specific months like this, but. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start naming people and see if I can get them. So, uh, first one that came to mind was uh, Cody Bellinger. That's correct. That was he did it in 2017. A 1.104 OPS. All right, and then um, let's go here with uh, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp, yes, June 2011. You might see a theme about the players and the years they're doing the same. But yeah, June. Yes, yes, it's the third highest at a 1.268 OPS. Oh, God. Okay. Um, well, 
there was a thing I I forgot I was looking up something recently. Uh, so this must have been oh no, it was so it was 2017, and at the time because um, I think so Alex Wood started 10 and 0, and you know Tony Gonsolin's 9 and 0 right now. And uh, I was I was trying to figure out when the last time it, some, a Dodger was ten and zero, and it was Wood in twenty seventeen. I, I was looking back in an old recap for something, and I meant they I mentioned in there that the Dodgers had set a record for team home runs in the month with fifty three. And I know I think they like Matt they probably beat it the next year. I want to say, but like so I but now I'm 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 struggling uh, to figure out who did it. So um, just on that theme, so. Trying to pick a 2018 person, I'm going to say Max Muncie. Max Muncie, yes, okay. sir. 1.176, June 2018. Um, and then, so if we're going back to just the the, the strong season part, uh, let's go. Let's go with Adrian Beltre. Not Adrian Beltre. Okay, so he missed out in in 2004. Um, so here's the thing. So. Sean Green heading in, so his his four homer game was the end of May or like the last week of May, and he was really struggling before then. I I seem to recall he went on a hot streak, but I don't remember like how much carried over into June. But I'm just gonna say Sean Green, assuming t- 2002. Uh, but that's my guess. You're right, Sean Green, right on the nose. 1.11, 1.1. Sorry, in June 2002. Okay, so it, it, do I still need three more? You still need um, still need three more. Um, okay, three more. Uh, let's go to the well here with um, Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza, June nineteen ninety seven. The, the only uh, one point two two eight. Um, okay, so the given the era, so there were <clears throat> Eric Harris was famously, I guess, famously is a strong word, but. Famously, never made the All Star team. I think he he had a very strong case at least twice. Um, so I'm I'm going to say Eric Caros, given the era that the the numbers were a little skewed uh, upward. So I I'm I'm sort of riding that coattail to to say Eric Caros. Right, not Eric Caros, but I will say that uh, one of the remaining players is a was a teammate of Eric Caros. Oh, huh. Okay. Um, what about um. I guess given so, I'm just gonna say. In that wow, in that case, let's go. Let's go with Raul Mondesi. Nope, I guess I use the Jacob method. That was the third miss. So, yep. okay, we'll just give you one. What was the best debut month in recent oh, history? I see. I, I should have. I should have like figured that. Out. So yeah, Yasiel Puig, obviously. The, Yasiel the, Puig. One of the more fun moments on this in the site's history was when. Phil Gurney, um, like in spring training that year, like randomly put in a comment that like Puig's going to come up on June third and like dominate or what, I don't forget what he put, but he he nailed the exact date and like it was just and it's like the the best month of any rookie. Yeah, I don't, it's not part of my this this uh, contest, but he did hit four thirty six along with the yep. other stuff that month. There uh, was something. Of- oh, sorry, I was going to say I with Puig. I think. It was something like he had the best, like rookie or first month average since like Joe DiMaggio or something. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one is your is a, it's an old chestnut of yours, Eric, from this era. Uh, yep. Someone you always name. 
Oh no! Did I, am I, did I miss out Eddie Murray? Oh, sorry. No, not quite. Gary Sheffield. Oh. Gary, okay. Sh- Gary, I, I Gary was. Sheffield. I would. I would have actually guessed Gary Sheffield after after uh, Mondesi. So yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. the other thing, of course, uh, Pedro set a uh, franchise record, Dodger franchise record, with 15 home runs. Um, he that also broke a Dodger franchise record of 12 held by two Dodgers that hit 12 before him. There are a total of four, sorry, sorry. There are a total of five Dodgers who have hit 12 or more home runs uh, in the month of June. Um, can you name those those other those other five players um, who did not quite match Pedro Guerrero's 15? Okay, so um, I I'm going to go back to um, I think one of them is Cody Bellinger in 2017. Yep. He had 13. He is second. Yeah. Home runs. Um, so the rest, the rest of hit 12. Yeah. And, and one, one is from Brooklyn as a hint. The other ones are. Okay. I was going, I was going, I, so I was going to guess Duke Snyder either way. Duke Snyder, this. 1955 at 12. Um, then my, my thought process on this is that the remaining two is going to be it's, one before and one after. There's, re- uh, there's three remaining. Um, oh, three remaining. Okay. Three remaining. Sorry. One, one of them is the one who tied – this one may help. One is the one who tied Duke Snyder with 12. So this is before Guerrero. Yeah. And the other two came after Guerrero. Sure. Okay. So, so big home run totals were hard to come by for a little bit. Obviously, they had the the, the – the late seventies guys. Um, oh God! So now, Ronce had the big April, but even that was it. They they started late, and he hit ten home runs. I know it's we're talking about June here. I, I'm I'm lo- trying to talk myself through this logically. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Steve Garvey just to throw that out there. Steve Garvey, 1977, the 12th, he tied Duke Snyder. Okay, and then the ones after. So I think I will go. I'll go to the well again with um, uh, Piazza. Not not Piazza. Uh, so that's, you missed one. Um, okay, then Sean Green. Sean Green, 2002. And then uh, the one I failed to guess last time, Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, 2000. Right. So you you nailed okay. all those. Nice. Um. So Pedro Guerrero, in this question, uh, question three, like this, trivia questions, Pedro Guerrero scored 27 runs, huh. actually did it twice, did it in 1984 yep. and 1985. Um, he's one of five LA Dodgers to score 25 or more runs in June. Um, this, some of these, mo- most, two of these names would be real familiar, one will not. Um, yep. So can you, can you uh, name the other three, the other, uh, the other three players? Yeah. Um, so we got. Um, hmm. The, the twenty nine runs in June. Okay, so let's go. Just given, I think that he batted at near the top of the order that first month. I, let's go with Yasiel Puig. Wait, no. Nope. Is this? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Um. Uh, it is not Yasiel Puig. In fact, there's only. 
one player, Cody Bellinger, who's even in that era, and he scored 22 in 2017. So. I see. Um, okay, so hmm. So we're going for um, you're going for two names you've already named, and then the one leader is someone you have not mentioned yet. I see. So the the leader. Okay, wow, 29 runs. Um, what about? Oh, uh, well, if if I haven't named, hmm, <laughs> I, I'm again talking, uh, thinking myself into knots. What about? Um, uh, Maury Wills. No, right here. I'm wondering if this came up during last month because of the Mookie Betts stuff and the runs. I, I don't know. I don't know how many runs Mookie I don't. Yeah, made. I don't remember either. Yeah. I think he scored so, over 30 last month, but yeah. Um, okay, so then um, the other... I, I'm just going to try to pick up... Let's, um, let's go Sean Green. Yes. For 27. Yeah, and uh, I guess... I guess Sheffield. Yep. Same month. Okay. I don't, I don't, I, I can't pull the 29 run person. Okay. The other retired number, Jim Gilliam, did it in 1959, ah. the 29 runs. Ah, so it's funny. You, nice. you mentioned the Dodgers saying they, uh, I don't know if that was a natural record or a franchise record when they hit the 50 home runs or 50 plus home runs in 2017, 20 in June. In yep. 1985, the month huh. that, um, when Hedgegrove when hit 15, Dodgers led the National League with 25 home runs that month. That was the winning total in June 1985. There were five other Dodgers on that team who hit at least one home run to make to make up the other 10 home runs for the Dodgers that month. Can you name these other five Dodgers who hit at least one in June of 1985? Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm. let's go – huh. Um I'm trying to think of exactly. So uh, I, I will go with Mike Marshall. Mike Marshall hit two. Yes. <laughs> I love that 25 home runs was their, the, the led the league. It was just a, just a different time. Um, uh, thinking here. So who just, who hit at least one? Um, let's see. Then you, did they, they hadn't traded for him yet. Um, huh. 85. Uh, so, Ken Landro? Ken Landro hit one. You put out the one of the players hit one. <laughs> um, so, this was the year, if I'm not mistaken, that Mike Sosha famously had the 407 on base percentage. And then the Dodgers in arbitration argued that it actually wasn't that big of a deal because he clogged the bases all the time. Uh, it, and uh, he was mad about that. Um, but I'm, I don't think he hit a ton of home runs. I, I just remember uh, Al Michaels pulling as Socha's rounding the bases against Dwight Gooden that um, Socha had 35 career home runs in eight and a half years. Like, I'm sure he had stats in front of him, but that was an amazing pull in the moment for me, like on the call. Um, so I'm, but just given that he was the everyday catcher, I'm going to say Mike Socha. Mike Socha, along with Ken Landro, also hit one. That month. All right, and then so I'm I'm having a hard time here. So just I'm trying to think of the alignment. Oh, okay. So we're still in the um, it's eighty five. Okay. Yeah. So let's go, Greg Brock. Greg Brock second that month with five. So you're missing wow. one, 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 one Dodger. 
so now it, it's to the point where that was the year that Mariano Duncan got a lot of playing time, but obviously wasn't a home run hitter. But they also had – so they traded for Bill Madlock later. Um, but they I know they were like – they had a weird rotation of guys. So I, I'm going to – I'm just going to go out on a limb and actually say Enos Cabell. That is Cabell. Okay. So now – so now I'm, I'm also having trouble. Oh, so Kinlander was playing center. I don't know at this point if if I know they move Guerrero around a lot. So in my in my mind, oh, oh, okay. So I guess the Greg Brock thing locked it in. I I was having a hard time figuring out like where Mike Marshall was playing if it was like right field or first base. So I'm assuming he was right field because Brock was at first base. Then you have that would mean Guerrero was either playing left. He was famously playing left later in 1985 when he threw his glove down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if, if he was at third or left at this point. And, but that's why I guess Enos Cabell, but, uh, Oh man. So you, you basically have Bill Russell on his last legs. You have, um, let's, let's go with Dave Anderson just as another stab in the dark. What a, what a great pull. Dave Anderson was the other guy with one home run. Wow. And he didn't, he did not hit many home runs, but no, he was, was at least a guy who, who could hit home runs. Like the most theory. famous Dave Anderson thing is being on, being on. Right. Being was, on, not hitting. was not hitting. Right. Yeah. It was, it was being on deck for a little bit of time. Uh, Question number two, and interesting, yep. you kind of kind of went here in a different way. Last year, the Dodgers had twenty-five players who hit at least one double. Oh man! Currently, have currently they have fourteen, fourteen out of I think sixteen or seventeen guys who've actually come to bat this year. Mm-hmm. Um, for the contest, and it could be for two of us right now. Uh, Jacob could join later if he wants to. Um, do you think the Dodgers will have uh, will have twenty-two or more Dodgers with at least one double? So that would be eight more players on this roster oh man so that would require what um it looks like oh they so they've had what uh is it two i guess no three if you count stefan romero right he hasn't batted yet um so eddie alvarez zach mckinstry have yet to hit a double so if if we're if we're assuming at some point they might uh that would get them to With seven or sixteen, and then I guess Stefan Romero maybe. Um, wow, twenty-two is a lot. So, so you have this weird thing right now where I, I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday, where they're in like the Billy McKinney zone, where last year they got you know they were cycling through bench people. They traded Billy for Billy McKinney. It's like oh, they got a guy who could play outfield. That's cool. And then next thing you know, he started ten straight games and like twenty games in a month or something. And that's where they they seem to be stuck in this like. Uh, Eddie Alvarez uh, is in the lineup every almost every day, and then um, but we'll see how they sort of use Trace Thompson and stuff. But um, so, but I think they're gonna they're probably gonna still be struggling with like Edwin Rios out for a while, and then I'm sure Mookie Betts like it's, it's like at least two weeks, and then you never know what's gonna happen there. But like even when he's back, you're, they're probably still gonna try to figure out who the bench uh, people are. So you have like Jake Lamb could come up. Miguel Vargas could come up. I know he played left field. Um, so I, I'm just trying to think. But then obviously they'll, they're will they probably going to trade for like at least a one bat. So if you, if you max that out, 
like everyone on their current roster is 17. You add like those two plus the a trade, and I'm you know maybe they add other people later. But I still have a hard time seeing them getting to 22. I'm I'm probably being naive here, but I will say they will not have uh, 22 players with a double. Okay, I'll I'll do the over. Yeah, it, it does seem like that, although. I don't know how many pitchers, you know, hit doubles over the last few years because, ah, cool. because they yeah. do they do have I guess now was was last year where they what was the roster was it still 26 or was it 28 last year? I don't I don't remember. It, it was 26. Oh, oh, you mean um 28 when? It was like in it was 26 for the season, 28 for um September. Did they um did they carry 13 or or 14 pitchers there was there was no limit so like they were they were mostly they did a trend 16 pitches they'd carry like 12 just 12 no yeah no there was a point where so like there there was that weird point in like august where they only they i think at time at times they only had three literal starters so like i they might have gone with like 13 pitchers but like there were 10 relievers and they were also getting like a new reliever every day. Um, so because they were churning through guys, so it was like maybe a little different, but yeah, they, they've been, they've been doing the, the like heavy, heavy pitcher stuff for a while. Yeah. I, th- I think the difference is that it's hard to get those bench guys in without having to pinch hit in games. I think that's, yeah, I, that, that's the one, I guess you, the one, I guess, I don't know if upside is the right word, but, um, with with like Eddie Alvarez starting, or, or you know, they're at this point where one of the quote unquote bench guys has to start every day, basically, till Mookie's back. Um, and you have a thing where th- that's a guy Dave Roberts will pinch hit for. You know, the, for the most part, right. the rest of the right. lineup is pretty regular. So, like, at least it gets not. I don't know. It, this sounds condescending. I don't mean it to be, but it like gets gets him engaged. Like, you know, it's a little. It's it's like a tip of the cap to to Dave Roberts. Like, let him. Let him have his thing, you know that that kind of. He hasn't. I don't. Uh, he the the thing that's the real tragedy of the DH uh, coming in, and I still am pro DH, but uh, Dave Roberts doesn't really get to make double switches anymore, and that's just sad. It's it's he must be sad about that. Oh yeah, it was never doesn't need to hit her home run. I, I kind of I was following that for a while, but they kind of just you know, went bypassed their all their records with home run hitters with. Uh, designated hitters. That might be a contest later to see, like you know, where, where, who ends up with the lead the, lead the Dodgers. The, the, yeah, hitter home runs at some point this year. Um, third question: um, One Dodger uh, who's hitting well and going in, and after today's game, I'd say is uh, hitting slightly low underneath this, but he was going into today's game. Gavin Lux was hitting, you know, three fifty seven with a OPS over nine over uh, was nine o was nine thirty nine in fact. Um, and there's always, you know, talks on the talks on the board and talks on Twitter and social media about moving Gavin Lux up. You know, he did move up a little bit today, mostly I think because Austin Barnes was in the lineup. But what do you think? You know, you like him in that in that in the nine spot going forward? And you know, if the other guys hit, is that a good spot for him? Yeah, they're in this weird spot where, like, you know, we've talked the, the last I guess since since Mookie got hurt. Um, about how, like, who are they going to bring in? Like, who who are they ca- calling up? Like, it, there was thought it was going to be, like, Jake Lamb. There was, you know, what about Jacob Amaya? What about Miguel Vargas? Uh, that kind of stuff. And they went out and traded for Tra- Trace Thompson. 
but like no matter who they're bringing to that spot, like it's still up to like the regulars to sort of decide things. But you're, yeah, you're, I think Lux, I know they like him like, you know, in the, the bottom of the order to like sort of set up the, the sort of devastating one, two, three, when, when Mookie's in and they you give Mookie Freeman Trey uh, in a row. But like at the same time, you know, some of the guys, like Max Muncy has been struggling for a long time now. And, and like he was struggling, like, again, he's coming off an injury. He was struggling the second half of last year, not to the point where you would bench him, but like, you don't have to hit Max Muncy fourth every day is, is the main thing. So like, I think if they're, if they're flexible to that, you can do stuff like Will Smith uh, is, is what would be batting fourth if Mookie was healthy. So like that, that solves some of that. And like, he's just up to third now. Um, but uh, so, but yeah, so today or, or Thursday, I guess um, they did move Lux up to seventh, which, which counts as sort of movement. He's usually hitting ninth, uh, but they also had Austin Barnes catching. So he was ninth when they moved Bellinger down to eight. I had actually forgotten this. He had started uh, batting eight three other times earlier in the year, and he's batted seventh almost the whole year, uh, Bellinger. Um, I, I guess I had, you know, I, I, I had forgotten exactly that. I, I, not that I don't pay attention to the lineup. Uh, I do. It's just like sometimes I sort of forget like the blind spot. I know they moved Taylor up recently, basically over Turner. They've been – Justin Turner, they've been – using him like more in the sixth spot. I know they batted him seventh the other day, which was the first time since like 2014, but also he was hitting like a person who should be batting down there. So I think it would, it wouldn't be the worst if they were more flexible with that. Like, but at the same time, all those guys, they have to have like all those guys hit. So I, as long as if, if you put them in comfortable spots for them to get them going, like I'm, my my thing is like, as long as the everyone who should be playing is playing, like the order is whatever. Like it doesn't bother me. I know there are exceptions to that. Like you, you wouldn't have like Mookie Betts batting sixth or something. But even him is like a, a question because you know a lot of people would I think would rather have Trey Turner batting leadoff and Mookie Betts third. But I think this falls into the thing where. It's not as it's not as easy as just like plugging people in. I think if if you have Mookie Betts, who's you know signed through twenty thirty two, uh, he's your your front facing star. If, if Mookie Betts says I'm more comfortable batting leadoff, you let him bat leadoff, and like you just figure the rest out. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I tend not to have that much of a problem because. Uh, it has been weird this year because it's been like the most regular lineup they've had since, you know, in the Roberts Friedman era. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would be fine if, if Lux moved up, like, you don't he doesn't have to have bat ninth all the time, but, um, I don't know. Um, even if like you, you have like, I guess would be like, you know, Muncie, uh, some combo of Muncie, Turner, Bellinger at the bottom, they still have to hit, right? Like, so like, sure. I don't know, but yeah, but I'd be open to like moving guys around, like at least, but that was a long winded answer. Sorry. Question four, Mike Trout is back being Mike Trout this year. And currently he ranks 14th for a player on a single franchise in baseball reference war with 80. Um, there are six all time greats who have over a hundred B war for one franchise. Um, Mike Schmidt being the most recent vintage, recent vintage player 
Um, certainly the only player in the free agency era to do it is 106.8 B-War. My question to you does basically, you know, he has a long-term left. He has like eight more years with the Angels and at the, at the doesn't appear like he'd be tradable just even for monetary reasons. Um, do you think that he will join them? And, and do you think he even can reach the greats as Stan Musial and Ted Williams who have over 120 B-War in their careers for one franchise? Whew, that's a great question. So now I'm, I'm thinking of this. So is this it, – it looks like this is only counting people who only played for the – for one team, right? Like, right. I did not. I, I did not like take players who played. Like, yeah. like Lloyd of course, had had, and Hank Aaron had most of their war. You know, with, oh, right. with the Braves and the May and with the Giants, but they did have yeah. a little bit. So yes, these are only players who played for one team. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, I was trying to get in the headspace of it. So, but no, I I do think like I think Mike Trout is also fairly loyal. I know like everyone brings up that he's um, you know like a Jersey guy loves uh, like Philadelphia sports teams, and they always try to get him back to Philadelphia. But I think he's he generally likes being in the with the Angels. Obviously, he would want to win, and I don't know. There's I'm sure there's a breaking point, like if they just keep not winning. But um, but I do think he'll stay uh, in with the Angels. So he's a he's a certain candidate. Now, obviously, injuries are going to play into this. But and then we we saw with like Pujols just rocket ship upward trajectory and then um you know slow it wasn't that slow just like with this decline once he signed with the angels like the 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 back half of his career so but that said he if, if trout's already at 80 it doesn't take a ton to get him into the hundreds um now you know he's he's 30 He's only, only quote unquote, only thirty. So, does he have it in him to have it like another forty war to get into that like top tier? Oof, that is. It's tough to say no to that, but it's also like I don't want to dismiss how difficult it is to to be a like even a four win player for a decade. That's that's a very good player, even if it's it would be a massive downgrade for Trout. But maybe he only has to have like three great years and then just sort of add on after that. So I will, I do think he's going uh, just limiting this to 120. I I do think he's going to get, I think he's going to get to the 120 mark, right? Um, at least. Yeah. So I, I will, I will put that faith on him and, and, uh, and think he gets there. And now for the last question, as I would tell you, this is always the hardest question for me to write because I have to figure out like what I haven't asked before. <laughs> um, but uh, I was almost going to think about soup because I know Jacob doesn't eat soup and he wasn't here yeah. today, but it's the middle of summer. so. Um, but another uh, food that's always a treat is, is bagels. And so I was wondering, uh, do, do, you, do you enjoy bagels? And if you do... Um, do you prefer kind of like just your plain egg, uh, egg, egg, bagel kind of, kind of one, or do you like kind of like the onion or everything bagel, or do you like a, you know like a sweet bagel, cinnamon raisin or that kind of style? And, and do you would you do, would you use them like in a sandwich um, if, if you could? So bagels for me falls under the one of those things where I'm not mad. I wish I would have come to it earlier in life. Growing up, didn't was not a, we didn't. 
I, we r- very rarely, if ever, had bagels in the house. It was just me and my mom for the most part. And I, my preference at the time um, was English muffins. Like if we went like to IHOP or Denny's or something, I would always ask for like English muffins as the side. Um, but bagels are pretty great. And, and um, so my thing, I, I'm not a big cream cheese guy. I don't dislike it. I don't, I don't like actively avoid it. I'm just not a big um, cream cheese person. But so I don't it, like if I have bagels at home, I usually just put butter on it. Um, uh, but my my two favorites uh, are in that savory pile. Um, onion and everything bagel. I, I vacillate as to which one, like, you know, they're both great. I will say this. I found, um, I, I mean, it's, I'm, it's kind of easy to find, but like I, um, got a rather large, um, like spice bottle of just everything bagel seasoning. <laughs> and I found that putting that in hummus is, is like this weird, weirdly great combo. Um, so yeah, the, the, everything bagel is great. Um, so things I, I would also put on bagel is, well, I've done this a couple times and it, it's not like, you know, it's a little weird, but I've actually put hummus on a bagel to just to try it and it's fine. Um, peanut butter is great, is a treat peanut butter on a toasted bagel, but it's mostly again, just butter. Um, now the, the sandwich thing is also wonderful, but there's this weird thing where bagels can get, I guess, if it's a, if it's a fresh bagel, that's the other thing. Like I've never been around a situation where I'm always going to get fresh bagels, right? My usual bagel experience is getting a six, uh, a bag of six at the store and then having it at home. And then like, after like five days, like you kind of have to toast it to have that be edible or not edible, but like it's, it's a very chewy mess uh, otherwise, but I do, I've made um, with a fresh bagel. You don't even have to toast it to make a sandwich and it's great. Um, But even like just toasted, it it is a wonderful sandwich, especially like the savory side with uh, like, uh, uh, like onion or everything bagel. Um, I do, I do really like like making a sandwich as a as a sort of alternative to like normal bread because there's there are times when I don't always have like sandwich bread in the house and to the point where I, I think I reached a point where I, I still get lunch meat occasionally but it, I got to the point a couple of years ago where it was like lunch meat it, it's just a weird thing where lunch meat's like you know roughly it's like between eight and ten bucks a pound you know. And I'm like, well, you can get like steak for that, right? Like in in the other part of this. So I'm like, why would I just not get that kind of meat? And like, so I try to avoid sandwiches in that regard. But then at the same time, I do like sandwiches. So like, uh, every it's just I go back and forth on that. Um, but yeah, I I do. I, bagels are awesome. Um, yeah, and I I will say this just generally like, if you don't, I would say just. Going forward, you could ask whatever you want, even if we've already answered it before, because it's always it, these are always great because it, it does get us thinking about like, oh yeah, I haven't eaten for a while, so I need. It just reminds us to like, um, go eat something cool. What, what about you, uh, bagel wise? Uh, what's your what's your go to on bagels? 
Um, no, I, I, I do enjoy them. I, I occasionally, you know, will go to a store here and, and buy them, you know, um, buy, buy some fresh ones and I'll get like, let's say a couple of different ones. Everything bagel became kind of like part of that mix of bagels. Um, my last trip to New York was last fall and, uh, a couple of times, both in Brooklyn and in Manhattan, I went to a bagel shop and picked and had a, uh, whitefish salad which is what it sounds like uh on a toasted bagel and those are just it's, it's hard to duplicate i'm sure they make some here in la but those, there's nothing about there's nothing quite like eating one of those in, in new york if you're there it's just I, I again i don't i don't quite fall into the best water for bagels in new york or in brooklyn or something like that but there is something about you know just the whole the whole thing but yeah so and I when I do that I get I get I get it toasted even though it's fresh bagel I, I think I just like the crispiness of the toast and it just allows it not to get quite as soggy as you're eating it with, with, with like with it. Yeah, I I will say this I, I very rarely have a um, a bagel that's not toasted like it would have to be like the the freshest bagel ever to like make an immediate sandwich or something like that like but other yeah it's almost always toasted I I forgot to include in the sandwich part. So usually if I'm having a bagel, it is literally with breakfast and I'll make like some sort of egg scramble. Um, and I just eat the the bagel alongside that sometimes. So I, I'm a person who doesn't like cheese in their eggs, but I think it's mostly I don't what I don't like is putting the cheese into the the the, um, the raw um, beaten eggs and then scrambling that. Um I don't, it just, it grossed me out as a kid. I don't like the taste. However, you know, onto a cooked egg, occasionally I will make the the sandwich, like a breakfast sandwich with a toasted bagel and just throw eggs or some sort of meat on there. And then like a melted slice of cheese is a great thing to add on there. So like, I do like that texture, but yeah, so it's great. Um, Bagels are great. Sandwich, bagel sandwiches are great. Uh, once again, you have regaled us with great questions, and now I am hungry, and I can't thank you enough, Craig, for coming on, and um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, the Dodgers have a big series this weekend uh, in Atlanta. You might have heard of it. Freddie Freeman uh, is going to get a lot of cheers, going to be a lot of tears going on this weekend, and thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>